Hello and welcome to GMI, the Guitar and Music Institute, podcast episode number 29. I'm Jed Brocky, and today I'm in conversation with Richard Kaiser of Wikiloops. Today we're departing with tradition, not our usual theme music, but actually a track from Wikiloops. Wikiloops is an online community of musicians who collaborate together to create incredible compositions. I'm not going to say any more right now. I want you to listen to one of these Wikiloop tracks made by musicians from across the world. you're going to be hearing another composition from Wikiloops. But coming up very shortly is my interview with Richard Kaiser. If this is your first time listening to the GMI podcast, then please come on over to www.guitarandmusicinstitute.com where you can find a lot of extra content on this and all our podcast episodes, including links to Wikiloops, videos and blog posts and more. So coming up now is my interview with Richard Kaiser of Wikiloops. Richard, it's great to be talking to you. How are you today? Hey, I'm fine. Thank you, Jed. How are you? I'm very well. And it's great that you've taken the time to talk to us because when I found out about Wikiloops, I was just astounded by what you have achieved over there. And this whole podcast is about you and it's about Wikiloops. Well, I'm totally honoured. I'm totally honoured, Jed. <laughs> the honour is all ours because what you have done over there in Germany is quite astonishing. So perhaps you could tell the listeners where about in Germany you're actually talking to me from. Well, from the countryside. Um, I live west of Cologne towards the French border. So the next bigger town which someone might have heard of is Cologne, which is one hour away from here. Uh, with the beautiful cathedrals. Right, exactly. And the Rhine River and these things. Yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Just to give the people listening some background, as I understand it, but I know that you'll be able to give us an awful lot more detail. After all, that is why you're here. You have built up a backing track powerhouse, which uh, on the website, it says it hosts over 106,500 backing tracks which if i understand are free 
to download the news. Yeah, that is correct. But let me um, let me try to break this down a little bit. Um, when when we speak about backing tracks, many people will uh, think of the the Abbasold series and and stuff like that. So people browsing for backing tracks most of the time they expect to find a backing track to to play the house of the rising sun to or, or just some kind of track they already know why is it always the house of the rising sun eh? why is I, it? i don't know <laughs> i really i really don't know um sometimes i have a look uh, into the the statistics collection what people look for which which type of tracks they look for and like I said, on Wikiloops, we don't do cover versions of ah. already existing songs. Okay. So this is uh, one cause of disappointment for, for people looking for the House of the Rising Sun. They come to <laughs> Wikiloops and then they find out they don't even have the House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's good when it comes to copyright because you're not stepping on anyone's toes. Exactly. That's That's the main reason why I chose this setup and said, okay, Let's not even get started with anything copyright related. I don't know if you know about the the German situation, but we got really strict laws over here, and you pay huge fines for breaking copyright laws. So when starting WikiLoops, there was one main concern to to make sure that this fun project was not in danger because I don't know Sony Music or someone comes forward and asks for a lot of uh, recompense payment or something. Fundamentally, Richard. What gave you this idea? Well, Jed, maybe maybe it would be cool if I could get back to, to the initial question just once more because we kind of drifted off. Wikiloops is now a huge collection of backing tracks, and I, I try to put that in, in perspective a little bit. I, I would think our focus is more on online collaborations. Maybe it's important to, to mention that right away. We are not selling loops. People sometimes get misled by the name and think, oh, Wikiloops, they must be doing loops or something. And we're not doing backing tracks of cover versions. I guess the best thing to say about Wikiloops is they do online music collaboration. This is pretty much important, I would say. And that collaborative process, that is at the heart of this whole community. Exactly. It's it's about working together. Well, the initial idea was... Um, I just had these bits and pieces of drum recording tracks, which I recorded at home, just flying about my hard drive. And then um, seven years ago, someone gave me a saxophone. So I, I had to start to play saxophone and I didn't want to take a lesson. So I was just making screechy noises. Um, to me, it has always been inspiring to have some kind of drum track that just goes on and on and on. And then I kind of started just grooving with it in, in some way, just improvising, playing single notes and stuff. So what I fell in need of was, first of all, some kind of interface on my computer to navigate from one drum groove of mine to another. That was basically the very first idea about Wikiloops to say, okay, let's make a collection of tracks to play along to, and let's have an interface that's easy to navigate even when you got a saxophone wrapped around your neck or playing bass or something. So um, that was the first idea. And after putting together that interface and having like maybe a hundred drum loops in there, I felt like, yeah, you could just take this online and allow people to add to this collection. And that's the, the initial thought about Wikiloops there. That piece of software that you were looping, uh, say the drum, the drum, uh, the, sorry, yeah, the drum track around, what, what were you using? 
at the time, uh, um, I had a little web radio project going. We had a little studio somewhere and I was coding a website for that web radio station. And then I started to, because I was working with audio players and, and this kind of techniques, I just uh, added the drum loop section to that web radio page, which didn't really fit together, but it was my only web page at the time. So I just kind of squeezed it in there. And that was just plain HTML website coding. So that is, you're a coder by background. Is that, uh, have I got that right? No, no, absolutely not. I'm a, I'm a social worker by trade. That's what I studied. I never studied any kind of coding languages or something. I just learned to code by, by do it yourself and out of interest to, to create that web radio page back there and all sorts of uh, projects like that. Well, let's be honest. Learning to code is a lot better than being a social worker. <laughs> well, it's um, different challenges. <laughs> Absolutely. But in the end, in the end, operating an online community is a lot of social work. You should not underestimate that. Well, that. That's a good point. So we'll, we'll maybe get on to the, the, that aspect of things later. Now, you, you said when people join Wikiloops, uh, are they then offered a usable interface where they can select and add tracks to a blank canvas, so to speak? The, the question really is, how do people find Wikiloops? What is their prime intention when going there? Like you said in the initial statement, many or oh, the strongest keyword, the widest known keyword that would describe Wikileaks is backing tracks. So in the past, a lot of people arrived on the site expecting to find backing backing tracks. Then some of them are shocked not to find the house of the rising sun and then leave again, <laughs> while others uh, start clicking around and start discovering and listening and. Um, Often they're quite astonished about the, the quality of tracks that we have on Wikiloops. I believe there is a quite big circle of people that just hover on the edge of Wikiloops. They don't even register to use it, but they just visit the site and click to some groove or some template they like and uh, use it to, to practice at home. They, they don't really participate actively on the platform. They just use it as a source of, of practice tracks. And then there's the second group of active participants who really start, well, submitting tracks of their own. This is pretty much the, the most important step in becoming active to say, okay, I'm going to record something at home and I'm going to submit it to Wikiloops and then we'll see what happens. This is like the, the expert phase. <laughs> Would someone create a track at home and then upload all the individual audio tracks or MIDI tracks off or both? How does it work? Do they use MIDI or is it audio or MP3? It's MP3, which was, uh, I, I took that path when we started in, in 2011, um, thinking of, well, first of all, I live in the countryside myself. We don't have that quick internet back in the days and still don't have it today. So I felt like, okay, let's go the MP3 way because I wanted people from I don't know, overseas, South America, Africa, wherever to be able to take part. And um, I had this thought in mind, if we go too high end and uh, offer six wave tracks, which are supposed to stream in sync with, with each other, that's not going to work in, in remote areas. So we went for the MP3 format to make sure that everyone can listen right away. One thing that I've noticed myself while I was practicing with it, 
is that you want the tracks to play instantly. You don't want to sit there and wait for 30 seconds before the next drum beat starts because you're focused on practicing. So um, the speediness of the surfing uh, was really relevant to me. So that's, uh, and you ask about MIDI tracks. There is only a very, very small percentage of tracks that even involve MIDI on Wikiloops, which I'm quite happy about. And the, there is no option to upload MIDI. You, you'll have to upload audio at all times. And if you, uh, even if you record drums or some other instrument that takes a lot of single tracks to record, you will always be asked to submit a mixed version, just a stereo audio file of all the drums mixed together in one stereo. So this is what needs to go up first. You may optionally attach a single file as well, which is cool to create better remixes in the end. But the very basic format of Wikiloops is just mixed MP3 recordings. And what the people can do who find these recordings on Wikiloops, they, they download them, they, they play along and record themselves as they play along. And then again, they need to, rec uh, to create a new mix. Again, a stereo file needs to be the, at the end of this process. It's basically like ping pong recording. If, if you remember the days of the double tape machines, uh, this is how you used to do multi-track recording, just by bouncing recordings from one to the other, uh, back, back and forth. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, it is collaborative. Now, how do people feel about when is a track finished then or is a track ever finished well i try to make a point out of saying that tracks just don't finish on wikiloops there is no designated end of the process and there is not even an option where you could i don't know by clicking some some buttons say okay i want a singer and a bassist and a guitarist and if all of those are in then this track is finished that's not available you just put out your own recording and then you kind of have to let go of it and see what happens. There is, um, and I really like that. There is little talk about, okay, I would like to have this and then you need to do exactly that. And here is your, your sheet of, uh, of musical notes. So you have just play this, nothing else. None of this. You just put out your drum track or your guitar playing or whatever you play. And then you need to sit and wait and see what happens. And in many cases, you'll be surprised where people are taking your track and how the final results are, are going to sound. Um, but that's really at the core of the process, this kind of surprise moments. I have to admit, sometimes you're also sitting there and feeling like, hmm, what the hell did they do with my track? <laughs> but that's not not happening often and you have to take it with humor in a way so that's that's quite cool do people have to when they s sign up or join wiki loops do they have to uh, click and accept a waiver against all copyright well they as on all platforms you need to uh, accept the terms of use of wiki loops when it comes to copyright the the relevant moment is the moment when you upload your track because then you'll need to confirm that you have not played some cover tune, that you're the only author of this music that's in that recording. And just to clarify that you're not copywriting anyone and that there's not going to be any claims towards Wikiloops. 
because you secretly have a deal with some major label or something. So this is the, the relevant moment where you need to confirm that you're the only original author of that music. Now, Richard, how does Wikileaks keep a handle on thousands of samples uh, being uploaded to a server? How, how do you check to make sure that people aren't uploading copyright material? That's a company secret. No, uh, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I no, wish no. it was. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what we do... Um, is a kind of two-sided strategy. I, I, I think that will be um, correct to say that way. First of all, we offer uh, ways to report copyright violations to anyone that surfaces Wikileaks. So if you spot a track and feel like, hey, this sounds like a cover version of whatever, then you have the option to say, hey, I'm going to report this. And then someone from the moderators team is going to have a listen in and check this out. And these tracks are taken off of Wikiloops immediately just to make sure if there is a copyright problem that we are not going to go in, in trouble over this. This is one side uh, of the strategy. And the other is that we're, we're actually closely eyeing our new members. That's just what we do. If someone joins up for the first time and posts his first track, be sure that some real human is going to listen in on that. Often, you can tell quite easily what someone is doing. There is, you will not find any expert that has the capacity to tell, yeah, this is a copyrighted song from the 1940s and I know this belongs to that. It's just impossible. You can't know all the music, so you can't necessarily spot a copyright violation. But the cases which we have noticed are really, really obvious. Basically, it comes down to you have two types of users some who don't care and who are going to tell you, well, I just uploaded the same track to some other platform and they didn't complain. Why are you complaining? And the other type of user that has a bit more of experience maybe with copyright laws and they immediately understand, okay, this is not allowed here. So, okay, we're going to leave it be. So what we are doing is checking the new members and making sure that they are kind of aware of what's going on. It's a task. It's, it's a task to keep up with, really, because um, by now we have like, I don't know, eighty to one hundred uploads every day. So uh, you can imagine it's uh, getting a bit busy on that end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So is it not a case? Is it is that automated digital sam and checking something that you might eventually look to in, install in your routines? Yes, I've, I've been eyeing the, the technical possibilities and there's um, several things out there. In the end, it comes down to big commercial databases which uh, would allow to double check if uh, some audio file has the same algorithmic footprint as the one that has been uploaded to Wikiloops. These services are extremely costly. So this is one of the things um, that I need to worry about and see. Actually. I've been wondering if there is a possibility that it's going to be demanded by law to use these kind of databases to do a professional computer-based uh, matching of content that's, uh, that's being submitted. That sounds scary. Well, in terms of price. Yeah, it's scary. That is, um, but that is one thing um, that I've experienced a couple of times in the past seven years. You start out and just have the, the focus on let's do a cool project and everything, you know, 
trying to get the technical end to work. And then come these outward expectations or legislative things that you need to deal with and they get extremely costly and you have to deal with them or discontinue. It's uh, sometimes you don't have a choice. So um, that's why I'm trying to, to think ahead and see what's coming too. It's funny that whole thing about uh, software checking through algorithms where a digital uh, fragment comes from. I remember when I was in my teens, there was a chat show on the TV mm -hmm. and this guy came on. They used to get sort of human interest type people. And th this guy came on and he was absolutely amazing. So for those listeners who are younger, there used to be things called LPs that were made of a sort of plastic. <laughs> uh, and um, basically these LPs had grooves on them. And this man could look at any record and just by looking at the grooves and the tightness of the grooves for classical music only, he could tell you the composition. Whoa, <laughs> was, whoa, not bad. It, it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing new under the sun. They just do it in a different way. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you, again, a little cynical here, Richard, are musicians using wiki loops to get noticed um well some are trying to i i guess that that's uh human nature too you know you want to get noticed in some ways i don't know if many people who don't have that urge are going to start playing an instrument I, I think it goes together too well you know you grab the guitar because you want to be noticed so you join a musician's platform and somewhere deep inside you have that mm, i would like to be noticed the thing is that the urge to get noticed and working together in a team, they don't really go along too well. What I've been thinking about a lot and also observing when, when I check other platforms and see how they cope with that situation is that as soon as you offer a lot of self-presentation place in, in whichever format, people are going to use it. And the more they use it, the more they are going to expect to be noticed. So on Wikiloops, it, it sounds a bit strange to say it that way, but I've been trying to limit the, the opportunities to just m do self-focused activity. Let me give you an example so it's not too abstract. If there's a new member joining, many people arrive on Wikiloops and feel like, yeah, I have this song idea, I've been playing it for 10 years and I got stuck somewhere and I have no idea what to do with it. So let me just post that song idea of mine to Wikiloops. And then all of these musicians are going to gather around me and start adding to my old idea. And finally, after 10 years, it's going to be finished in a week. And of course, there will be heaven. But it's simply not working that way. Because if you arrive there as the new guy on the block, people are going to check out your stuff. Yeah, you're going to have some listeners, get some friendly comments but they're not necessarily out there waiting for you. I'm sorry to say so, but that's how it is. Kind of dumping yourself or your own production. Some people also submit tracks that I would say, well, they're done. They have all the instruments. Everything seems polished and ready. So what are we supposed to do with it on Wikiloops? And what's crucial to understand is you want to be a superstar on Wikiloops if you learn to submit stuff that's not finished. 
where there's a lot of space for other instruments, for other people to get creative. If you take all the creative space, you're not going to be a superstar on Wikiloops. That's just how it is. So if you focus too much on self-presentation or have, I don't know, ideas to, to say, yeah, I would like to become a star and sell my music and make money and whatever, then Wikiloops maybe is not the right place for you. There's probably better communities that cater to, to this kind of thinking. Wikiloops is more of a place to have fun, really. That's an incredibly refreshing uh, and strong outlook. How many musicians would you say are active on Wikiloops currently? We're in April 2018. I haven't really checked uh, for, for the last couple of weeks, but there is um, the base is not that big. I think there's maybe 350 to 400 people that really regularly contribute to the site by, by posting songs. It's also one of the beautiful things about Wikiloops that you can come and go as you like. There is no obligation. You, you don't have to, to do your guitar take every week or something. I've seen members that have been really highly active, have been posting one track or two tracks a day for a while. Then something happens in their life. I don't know. I, I always say they went on tour. You know, they got booked by some big band and went on tour. And sometimes two and a half years later, the same guy shows up again and gets active again. And people are happy to see him back around. And there's no objection to show up or not. So I really like that. <laughs> Now, another, you're going to think me Mr. Negative, but I've just thought of another potentially negative thing, and I wondered how you deal with it. What about people who take part in Wikiloops, they put up a drum track or a guitar track, and then someone comes back and they've put a drum or a guitar track on it, and it ping-pongs back and, backwards and forwards. What happens if they then take a track, which they feel is kind for, for them is finished, and then they upload it somewhere on the internet and say, this is my track. Well, that's something that happens, you know. There is um, nothing that I could do to prevent that. You know how it is. Content gets stolen and shared and whatever all the time. We sometimes spot so, uh, such cases. For me, there's a. I actually wrote something about it on, on the Wikiloops help section as well. You can always... Um, say, yeah, here's a rule, but if you don't send out some police officer to make sure that someone enforces these rules, they're not really worth all that much. And especially on the internet, there is a huge gap between the laws that exist, the rules that are made by some platforms, and the way people behave and what they do. So when we notice, okay, someone stole a track from Wikiloops and uploaded that somewhere else, we have to take measures and think, okay, is it really worth calling the lawyers and, and doing something? Is it worth just sh shrugging and saying, yeah, we can't do anything about it? And for me, the red line really is when people start selling these tracks for money. Mm -hmm. um, this is the moment where we really start to react and write to, to these members or contact the platforms where they're trying to sell these tracks. Because um, that is just not okay. But what makes things incredibly difficult to deal with is, let's make an example. You have three people that contribute uh, to a track. The drummer, the bassist, guitar player. And um, then the drummer comes back and takes the final track and submits it to some platform where it gets sold. 
someone calls me and says, hey, have a look over there. That That's our track and it's being sold there and I'm not sure that's okay. Then I can't even say that that is not within the right of the guy who shared it there because he might have made a separate agreement with the bassman and the guitar player, which I wouldn't know about. And so if, if the three of them agree and say, yeah, we want to sell this tune on that platform, they can do that. They have full right on, on their music, so they can get together and submit it somewhere else. So I, as the Wikiloops operator, my first question is, did you seek consent with the other musicians? Do you have some kind of written proof that the guitar player and the bass player both agreed that you put the song on iTunes or wherever, just to give an example? In some cases, the Wikiloops musicians really got together and everyone was fine with going that way. And then I'm fine too. I can't complain about that. So as you can tell, it's a really complicated thing. It is. And what you've created is very altruistic. You know, you've created this wonderful platform for people to take part in, but you yourself are not asking for money for this service straight up front. Well, I, I wish it was. <laughs> my my idea when starting all this was really to keep it completely non-commercial and to keep it open to, to anyone. And it still is. You can still um, get a Wikiloops user account for completely free. But since last summer, we had to apply some kind of limitations on these free accounts. That means you can't download 200 tracks in one day. You can't share 15 tracks uh, in, in a day. There's just limitations to what you can do for free. And then we have um, the, the kind of upgraded memberships that cost a couple of bucks per month. And as soon as you upgrade to one of these levels, you're completely free to do whatever you like and you can post 100 tracks a day and do whatever you like, plus some extras. For us, the only way to uh, to keep up with the, the server cost and, and all the budget needs that such a pro uh, project has, uh, as you can tell, that move is something that I'm not too proud of really, but there really was no other way and I'm, I'm hoping that the whole project can continue with this new setup of a freemium platform. So it never crossed your mind, Richard. Remember the example you gave earlier where you said a bassist, a drummer and a guitarist all agree to sell a track, say, on iTunes or indeed any platform. There's no part of you that would then say, hold on a minute, there was a fourth person involved in this and that was Wikiloops. We should surely get 25% of the revenue that comes from those sales. To say that the, the thought has never crossed my mind wouldn't be true. But, um, well, this is going to be a long answer, but if you want to know, I, I'm going to tell you, no problem. Um, when I started out, I, um, I was speaking to friends and all kinds of people, asking them, how would you feel about this? How would you feel about that? And I needed to write down the first version of the terms of use for the platform so there were some some lawyers involved counseling in there too. And they also said, well, don't you want to reserve some rights on that music? I mean, you want to make some money at some point. And um, since I was really just getting started and not thinking too far, I was like, yeah, well, might be a good idea. Why don't we include that in the terms of use? So the the basic situation is I could 
go ahead, legally speaking, I could go ahead and take that song that we've been talking about with the three musicians and I could submit it to iTunes and um, as ruled by, by the terms of use, then 50% of the iTunes revenue would have to be cashed out to these three musicians. That would be possible. And I've been operating the platform for seven years and I haven't made use of that right in seven years once, not once. And let me tell you why. I've been thinking this through and I've been watching the community and how people interact and how they react to, to certain things. The moment where I realized I would have to pick out of a couple of thousand songs, I would have to pick 10 songs and say, yeah, these are the 10 songs which I'm going to put to iTunes to, to showcase Wikiloops and to make a fortune. That that move of selecting single tracks would immediately lead to a huge factor of competition because all the musicians want to be chosen to be submitted to iTunes through Wikiloops. Everyone wants to be the chosen one. So you have, if you take 10 tracks, maybe you have 30 musicians involved. They feel like the winners and the whole rest of the community feels like, oh, hmm, okay, so he didn't like my track, right? And if I compare the amount of cash that can be made through iTunes with a project like this, to the uh, to the huge damage done to the community feeling of everyone is welcome on Wikiloops and it doesn't really matter if you're an expert or just a beginner. That whole, hey, we're here for the fun scenario would end the moment where I run a competition of, okay, we're looking for the best track of April 2018 to submit to iTunes. That will open up a whole box of Pandora of different thinking so that's my main reason to say, is it really worth getting a couple of bucks from iTunes and having a lot of accountant work to do to pass out half of a couple of bucks to the musicians? You know, it's, you're counting cents in the end. Um, so, yeah, that's the reason why I never really went that way. It's prob probably the best, the best policy. Uh, it did cross my, my mind just to be devil's advocate although I do completely agree with everything you've just said, one way of doing it fairly would be that if people paid for a premium service, then if they so wished, their tracks were automatically then sold on iTunes, regardless of the quality. Right, that would be an option to do it that way. Yeah, now you say regardless of the quality. That's exactly my thinking too. If, um, and also you, um, if you think, yeah, we're just going to submit all of their tracks to iTunes, what do we do with the Just Drums track? We don't know when the, the track is finished. So which one of the four are we going to uh, submit to iTunes? If you don't handpick and say, okay, we're just going to submit everything, then you know that the, the quality experience of people browsing iTunes and thinking, oh, Wikiloops is some sort of label and they stand for a certain type of music and now let's have a listen, then you have no control. If you just submit everything, then it's it's going to be a weird mess because Wikiloops has so many different genres and different styles of playing that I would feel for, for someone just looking to, to hear to halfway finished and decently recorded music on iTunes, they'd be in for a surprise if, if we just submitted everything that goes up to Wikiloops. It's a different world in, in the end. As you can tell, I still really haven't found the perfect solution. The, the only thing that I would feel a bit better about is if there would be some sort of outside 
of Wikileaks thing existing, and they would do the picking and say, okay, we're, I don't know, independent of Wikileaks. It's not the project is itself, but we're focusing on finding the real pearls on this collaboration platform, and we're presenting that in, in some other platform, streaming platform or whatever. But as you said, Richard, that would still lead to jealousy and people feeling bad. Yes, but it, it wouldn't be WikiLoops who's to blame in that situation. I think they will believe make... it. <laughs> They'll find a way to blame you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> the um, thing is, as soon as you offer any kind of, um, yeah, you can get famous here uh, indications, people are going to be hot to be to be famous. I know that there's a lot of money being earned by selling services or products that raise the expectation of, oh, if I buy this piece of gear, I'm going to be famous. If I do that, take that class or whatever, you can make a lot of cash out of promising people, yeah, you just need to do this and then you're going to be famous. But I don't think it's working. I'm sorry. I've, I've had a quite small share of making music professionally and releasing albums and I think I've seen enough. It's it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to change direction slightly because one thing that really impressed me about Wikiloops, this is a community, it's about sharing, it's about experiencing. But one side, one thing and a side to that is the fact that Wikiloops has been translated into many different languages by people uh, for free. I'm right in saying that, am I? Yes, yes. That, that's, isn't that uh, wonderful? It's fantastic. It is. And it's um, yeah, it's good to hear someone say that because it really is, to me personally, it is a lot of work too. <laughs> but um, How many languages do you now cover, Richard? Um, now seven. And they are? And they are, well, English, German, Italian, French, Russian, Spanish, and now I'm lost and have to check the list. Is Portuguese one maybe? Yes, yes, that's the seventh. <laughs> I'm now looking we got at the flags, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, um, yeah, I did the German and the English one myself, and um, all the rest has been translated by volunteers. Do you use a specific program? Do you use one of the, the more popular translation programs, or how do you structure the website? Is it all separate pages for different languages? Well, the, the website is... You, you kind of separate the code from the language pieces. So it's the same code operating no matter which language you're, look, you're looking at, but the, uh, the language templates that are used on the interface are loaded from different locations depending on which language you just chose. Um, the whole Wikiloops project is based on PHP language. All right. It is by now really complete custom application. Uh, I started out by in installing a forum software, as you can imagine, just standard board software type of thing, because I had absolutely no clue how to code something like a user registration tool and messaging and comments and all that was completely new to me. So I had to start somewhere, install that forum software and went on developing a forum towards becoming Wikiloops. And that forum platform I used, it didn't have a translation feature built inside. So I ended up coding something, some, some custom solution, more or less, uh, the, the so-called translation interface. It's a separate page. And the translators can log in on there 
And they have a preview function too, so they can check out how does my translation look on the interface. Well, it's quite amazing and a total testament to what you're doing over there. Um, because I was wondering if you were just, not just, but you were using something like w, WPMU, but it's all coded from the ground up. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. On on one side, it's, it's nice to have something custom in, in several regards. But at the same time, I already mentioned I'm a do-it-yourself coder. So I kind of broke all the rules and then kept learning and had to, you know, rebuild the whole thing a couple of times. Whenever I talk to people who do web mastering professionally and the, they all use these toolboxes and pre-configured things, I feel like, man, I really like to do it manually. <laughs> <laughs> it's now carrying on from this. Everything about Wikiloops, uh, as I said earlier, is about sharing. It's non-profit making in essence. Okay, you maybe have some options for paying not a lot to, to do an awful lot more. I just wanted to talk over how the business actually pays for itself because I think this is another important and interesting aspect of Wikiloops. Could you perhaps tell the listeners how you manage to fund a site that must cost a lot of money just to keep up and running. Sure. I guess the the main thing is to make sure that it doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, I've been trying to, to keep the cost down as hard as somehow possible. The funny thing is, as I told you, I started kind of naive maybe and say, well, let's just launch this project and see where it goes. And I certainly wouldn't have expected to be uh, renting I don't know, eight or nine servers by now to keep it running uh, at the time where I started. And I read back, the we have this tradition to release the, the annual reports every year um, that really puts out all the numbers you're just asking for, the, the monetary aspects. And I read back the first report about the, the initial year and I think I made 134 euros in donations in year one. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing, right? You know, you, you put in a lot of work. And um, I, I think the, I don't want to say something wrong, but I think we exceeded the, the 20,000 euro mark last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really happy to say that there is a lot of member support out there. Now, Richard, does that 20,000, that sounds like a lot of money, but does that cover the costs of running a business like this? That really depends on how you look at it. And that was something um, which I really had to, to learn as well. Uh, when I started, I was really only focused on, okay, how many bills do I need to pay? How much do the service cost? What, you know, what other services do I need? And at some point, some, one of the members approached me and told me, well, you need to rethink. This whole beautiful thing is only happening because you are doing it. If, if you get run over by a bus one day, this whole <laughs> dreamful project is over. I only discovered, years later, I discovered that the bus factor is something that software developers talk about. Really? Just Yes, for the, he didn't know it. It was a coincidence in some way, but they actually call that the bus factor. <laughs> if, if a project depends on one person too much, then it has a high bus factor because if that person gets run over by a bus, the project is dead. I tell you, when I walk across the road, I always look both ways twice. Yes, better. <laughs> Any mad, mad bus drivers out there, you know? <laughs> but what, what that member was uh, pointing at is something that really took me a bit of time to realize, but it's true. If the project Wikiloops is supposed to be healthy, 
then it needs to pay its maintenance personnel in some ways. As you were asking the right question, you can hire a lot of personnel for, for 20,000 euros. It's um, not a lot of money. So what I'm trying to do, I have been trying to do it for years and I'm still trying, is to, to gather up enough supporters so at, that at one day we can celebrate the Wikiloops Independence Day. Oh, wow. And say, okay, now at this, this day we have enough support from members to say even if Richard gets run over by a bus, it's no problem for Wikiloops. We're just going to hire the next madman that's going to continue his work and we can go on and jam here and have fun. That would be a great, great day for me to um, to see. I have just carried out a interview which will be coming up very shortly on GMI with uh, a young guy from America, the, him and his brother, have basically mm-hmm. um, built these carbon fiber guitars and they're selling them at half the price of uh, other carbon fiber guitars. They've done it all through Kickstarter and they've actually raised over $600,000 through Kickstarter. Has that ever crossed your mind as a potential way of supporting Wikiloops? Yes. Well, I have some experience in, in crowdfunding platforms. It wasn't Kickstarter, it was a different platform that I used to, we used it to, to fund a CD production I was involved with a couple of years back. My personal experience with crowdfunding is that these platforms really look very, very nice and it's really cool things they offer. But don't start a crowdfunding project thinking that there will be a lot of lonely people out there hanging around on crowdfunding platforms waiting for some new project to be introduced so they can support that. Damn it, that was my whole plan, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that was our plan too. But then we noticed that there's like no support coming from the crowdfunding platform. And what they do is they ask you to send all your supporters, all your fans, all your family members onto these support platforms. So um, what they offer is basically nothing but infrastructure. Yes. We ended up with that CD production failing to get the desired funding level. So we had to put in money from our own bank just to reach the, the final stage I've heard of that, the crowdfunding. I've heard that know? many times. That's happened many times. And I think that's... Well, I think it happens really often and nobody talks about it because it's really embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing if your mom had to donate so your your album can get finished, you know. Nobody's going to tell you about this. And then the major reason why it wouldn't work for Wikiloops is that all crowdfunding platforms that I'm aware of, the bigger ones, they say you need to have a project that's going to be finished. And Wikiloops is not going to be finished anytime soon. So I could go there and say, okay, let's crowdfund the update of the Russian translation. That's a project that can be finished. But the whole of Wikiloops, operating Wikiloops, something that has just an annual budget need every year, they're not going to allow something like that. Because no one can confirm if you really reached whatever you promised you would do with the money. Um, so that's, that's the ma- major reason why that's not going to work that way. And um, to me, it's also, I can reach a lot of people on my platform right away. I don't really need to go to some other platform and uh, then send my own followers to that other platform. I think what I'm doing on Wikiloops, as far as crowdfunding goes, is is pretty cool 
and uh, well, as you can tell, it all, almost works decently. If we would go to some other platform, people would need to shift focus and maybe we would need to present Wikiloops as more of a well, cultural interesting thing to support. But that has proven to be quite, quite difficult. For example, I've, I've tried to, um, to contact the European funds that support music projects or cultural projects or what we do is international exchange as well. And there's big funds that support projects that help people connect from nation to nation, but they're all not arrived in the digital age as far as my experience shows. They only fund things that happen on the ground and nothing that happens online. So, um, yeah, to me, if you have good suggestions for me, I'm always willing to listen to, to people. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have, I remember quite a few years ago now looking at some of those European music funds for projects here in Scotland and further afield, and they looked enormous, but the paperwork was also enormous. It almost seemed like you did all the paper. If you did all the paperwork, you end up you just say no at the end and you've just wasted your time when you could have used it more productively anyway yes it's uh huge efforts that just go into trying to make the contacts and every fund has their own reg regulations you need to kind of work around and um i really didn't have any luck with that so far it's uh it's it's difficult so you were talking about russia there something springs to mind what countries or continents even use wiki loops the most do you see any trends from specific areas of the world? North America, USA and Canada together have like 40% um, of the visitors on Wikiloops. Europe has 40% and South America is maybe 8% of our visitors come, come from South America. Right. So it's pretty much what you think of as the West that's, that's using Wikiloops. We've been trying to promote it to, to other regions as well. But what plays the major role there um, other search engines. As you maybe know, the search algorithms are changing all the time. So one month you may get a lot of traffic from Brazil because you're ranked in top position there. And a year later, you have a lot less traffic from Brazil just because the search engine rankings are changing. So you're not big on Yandex then, the Russian one? No, they're especially hard to, to be found on. That's from, from my experience. They, they have a completely different type of thinking of web pages, so it's not easy to rank on, on Yandex. Okay, Richard, before we come to the end of the interview, I just, uh, uh, and the, you know, the, the obvious question, which is the final one I'll ask, which is where next for Wikiloops? I just wanted to, I was just nosy, what is it like running a business in Germany? You sometimes feel like, I should pack my bag and move to some <laughs> offshore place and, uh, I don't know, sip cocktails and have a good time. It's, um, well, regulations in Germany are just insane. And, Why um, is that, do you think? Well, because we're Germans, I guess. Yeah. I, I heard well, I'm glad some, you said it. I, I was thinking. No, no. There, I think there is a some kind of statistic or someone had a look at that. And I think that. Over 80% of the world's literature on taxation are written in German. Wow. So, uh, and that's what it's like, you know. <laughs> on the other hand, well, I, I don't want to speak too bad about Germany, really. I always feel that 
I'm really blessed to to live here because um, this is a really rich country and um, we have a solid welfare system. There is almost no poverty in, in Germany. And if I have to do a lot of paperwork for that and pay a lot of taxes to, to assure that that goes on like that, well, then I'll do that. I'm German. <laughs> it's a price worth paying. It's, it's interesting, yeah. though, because Germany is such a cultural place. Every time I've played in Germany, uh, I've, and you know, I love the country, I really do, and I, I just feel that it's so connected to music particularly. And yet the antithesis to art artistry is uh, what you've been talking about in terms of paperwork and all the rest of it you know right that's that's true <laughs> yeah this is especially hard when you read the news and um discover that some online businesses are like really great at tax evasion and huge companies not paying a cent in, yeah, in that's taxes. a strange one isn't it yeah <laughs> um yeah when that comes up in the news then it sometimes saddens me and i feel like well it's really hard that the thing is I'm I'm trying to collect support from the members and watch from the German from the German bureaucrat side. They say these are not donations. They are paying for a service. Can we have tax on that? So they're collecting VAT tax on on my donations because they don't accept me as a non-profit organization. And then I see the big companies not paying one cent of tax in Europe. And that's, um, doesn't really feel fair to me, but yeah, it's something I have to cope with, I guess. <laughs> well, we could, we could go into all of that because it's a very interesting argument, especially if your servers were based elsewhere, would that make a difference? These things are still in, in the process. They're still adapting to the digital age as far as taxation is concerned. So I, I can't really say what it's going to be like in two years from now, but I, I don't have really, I really don't have too much hope that it's going to change for the better, to, to be honest. Let's, let's leave on a, a more upbeat, let's end on a more upbeat sort of vision. <laughs> where do you think Wikiloops, where do you want to take Wikiloops? What, what are the, ca not the, just the dreams, but where do you really see the firm future? There is a couple of projects um, which I'm working on this year, uh, the most prominent being some sort of video collaboration project that I'm doing with the help of the members. And I'm also considering, but that is really, I don't want to make a promise here. There is a need to rework the, the applications for mobile phones for Wikiloops. So I'm, I'm hoping to be able to get around to these this year. In the long run, although in the midterm, whatever, I would like, if that's somehow possible, we've been doing member meetings here in Germany for this year is for the fifth time. And I've been asked so many times, well, when are you going to do the first meeting in America or somewhere else? Why, why are these meetings always in Germany? Can we have it somewhere else? What I would love to, to see happening in, in the next couple of years is to have uh, some sort of traveling meeting event that hops from place to place um, so there is more people who have the opportunity to attend. There is people flying in from Australia and from Canada this year to, to come to Germany to attend the Wikiloops meeting. So you can tell that there is a lot of interest to get there. And if we can expand these on-the-ground face-to-face things um, a little bit more in, in the couple of years, I would really like to see that happen. What, what do the meetings consist of, Richard? I was inclined to say nothing much. All we do is 
I find a venue, I make sure that there's a setup stage and we have a drum set and whatever it takes, PA and stuff. I'm looking for accommodation for these people. You have to just schedule the event and say, okay, this year is um, in the end of August. So I'm just renting a venue and making sure there's places to stay for, I don't know, 20 to 30 people. And then we get together there. And like on Wikiloops, there's almost no rules to these meetings. You just get together and there's very few things which we kind of do as traditions, like the uh, notorious nightly walks and stuff like that. Most of the time, these meetings go from Thursday to Sunday and people just engage in smaller groups and get together and start jamming and playing together. And many of the members don't have bands in their real life. That's why they love Wikiloops. They just sit somewhere in the countryside, don't have anyone around to play with. So during the year, they, they love to connect via Wikiloops. And when they have the chance to, to come to such a meeting, to some of them, it really is the only occasion where they play face-to-face -face with other people. So that's really, really interesting. And um, yeah, it's a big feast in the end. <laughs> is this you getting going arch form back to your social work? Actually, I'm trying to enjoy myself at these meetings. <laughs> <laughs> no, and when I said that um, the, the community operation has a lot to do with uh, social work, then that's more um, taking care of the online communications. We've touched the, um, the issue of the many translated interfaces. You can imagine that there's a lot of users that have to use um, translation services to uh, translate comments or messages which they receive. That is something that is not implemented on Wikiloops, so you would just have to click a button to translate a comment. But they need to copy them down and put them in some translation software. And as you can imagine, there is quite a lot of um, translation mistakes and arguments arising from translation mistakes because... Irony doesn't translate well and slang doesn't translate well. And sometimes then, you know, musicians are really touchy people. You look at them in a like kind of strange way and they feel like, whoa, I'm offended. When you ask me about social work and Wikiloops, then that's what I'm thinking about. Just uh, telling people, please take a breath here and reconsider that your conversation partner may not understand English that well. And uh, don't get carried away into writing stuff that he's not going to understand and you're going to end up in a fight with each other for nothing. I often feel that my uh, social work studies, they kind of help me to anticipate what the opposite person, what the emotion is. And that's really crucial, especially if there's conflicts. But yeah, to have some idea how will someone perceive what I'm about to say is, is really important because you just, you don't see the people either, you know, you don't get the reaction. So you better be careful. I always uh, advise diplomacy on Wikiloops. It's not easy. <laughs> so it's best to stick to the language of music. Well, Richard, this has been a really interesting discussion interview with you most of the podcast interviews are about guitar or guitarists songwriters or something connected but uh it's been an exceptional interview and it's been a fantastic way of hopefully letting a lot more people know about your exceptional work that you've been doing with wikiloops and creating this community this worldwide community and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of challenges but if anyone's going to overcome those challenges, I'm sure it's going to be you. So, and with the backing of the people who 
are supporting WikiLoops, surely it's going to go from strength to strength. Thank you very much. To me, it's um, I've been doing it for seven years. We just celebrated the, the seventh anniversary a week ago. And believe it or not, this is the first time someone approaches me to do an uh, interview with me. One thing that just crossed my mind that I just recently wrote to, to someone when uh, we got started with the, the video collaboration thing is, which really kind of puts my own motivation to have this whole thing in, in, into one sentence was to say, I was writing to a, a bass player who was uh, living in Moscow in Russia. And I told him, you know, I believe if you ask the average American, which guy do you know from Russia? Then they're probably going to say, yeah, we know the president. And if you walk around Moscow and ask people, well, which American do you know? Well, they're going to probably know Mr. Trump, you know? And if what we do on WikiLeaks, it creates beautiful music, but if it also leads to people thinking a bit more diverse when Russia is in the news or the United States are in the news and you feel like, yeah, I know that drummer from Alabama and I know that bass player from Russia, then um, you'll feel different. And that's something that's really important to me. And now send all these people to WikiLoop so they have a listen to the beautiful music. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, we'll end. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks, doesn't he speak well? That was Richard Kaiser, a native German who speaks incredibly impeccable English. If only my German was just slightly as good as his English, I'd be a very, very happy man. I hope you enjoyed that interview, and I hope you go over to WikiLoops and check it out. If you have a busy life and you find it hard to actually get out and meet with musicians, which would be a wonderful thing to do, then WikiLoops is a great alternative where you can contribute and add to tracks or put your own tracks up and have other people contribute to it. So I hope you go over and check it out. Remember, all the links from this podcast are at the Guitar Music Institute website. That's www.guitarmusicinstitute.com. From me, Jed Brocky, thanks for listening. Until the next time, bye for now. 